Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. And welcome to Palm Coast Sprinklers, watering your world since 1978. Today, we'll be talking about the penultimate episode of Better Call Saul, written and directed by Vince Gilligan. And joining me on this journey, he's still here. He hasn't been scared off by, by the content we've been receiving the last couple of weeks. Joining me on this journey to Florida... He now has to return his girlfriend's exercise bike. It's a boobie. How are you doing, Abube? I'm good. I didn't think I'd be going back to Florida like this, but I guess here we are. Here we are. Here we are. This show managed to make the sunniest part of America look depressing and drab, and I love this show for that. Not, not drab. Definitely not drab. Depressing. Depressing and monotonous. And yet lively somehow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I love this show for that. Um... We're going to go straight into Soul, but before I do that, obviously I have to tell you guys what we're doing on the podcast. So this isn't only a Better Call Soul feed, guys. Like we're talking about other stuff. Talking about industry right now. If you're listening to this right now, you watch industry. Check out industry after listening to this. If you don't watch industry, please watch industry because like the second episode just came out this week, and I think it's one of the best episodes of, of the year, in my opinion, one of the best TV episodes of the year. We really love the episode. I think industry might be cooking something this season. So I really think you guys should check out industry. The first season is like eight episodes. It's like you can do that and catch up in time for season two. Um, as always, please, if you're listening and you know anyone that likes either industry or soul or whatever, please share the podcast with them. Also, please share this podcast from like Spotify. That really helps us. Like just share it to Twitter or whatever. But yeah, please rate and review and all that jazz. Okay, it will be. This is going to be quick. I don't, think we, I don't think we've gone into an episode this quick before. This is like two minutes in. Um, we're talking about Saul, season six, episode 12, titled Waterworks, written and directed by Vince Gilligan, who, if you listen to this episode, you know he's the creator of this universe, the creator of the Breaking Bad Albuquerque universe. Um, yeah, let's talk about the feel-good show of the summer, man. Everyone's, everyone's having a great time. Everyone's happy. Do you remember, do you remember Sleeping Jimmy? I miss that guy. I, I I want that guy back. I vaguely remember him. At least that guy, when he was conning people, he was having fun. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I miss that guy. I miss Sleeping Jimmy. Okay, so I'd like to start with Kim, if that's okay with you. Yeah, please. And then we can walk our way towards the, the worst phone call ever. Phone call ever. Yeah, I don't think what's, uh, there's been a phone call with this this, this dire re- amount of repercussions. So many, like, oh my God, everyone's just... So many different emotions coming out from all sides of that call. Yeah, so which which part is burning um, a hole in your mind the most? Well, even before the call, I think, I mean, we get to see um, Kim for the first time since um, two episodes, I think. That was, yeah. Or was it nine? It was nine, so since 10, 11, 12, I think. Wow. It's yeah, been a while since we saw Kim. Um and I think just before anything else, what immediately struck me about Kim, I, I don't know how to even interpret this, but just how indecisive she was. Now I was I'm not sure if it was an act that she was putting on just to maintain her quote unquote cover or whatever, but just like it was very interesting to me that she didn't make decisions. Either it's like the male miracle whip argument or whether they could do amazing race or like their receptionist's favorite ice cream. She just was like, ah, whatever you say. Like, she was just like very differential. And I, I just found that very interesting because that's, that's obviously so unlike Kim. Kim is like, yeah, 
ponytailed Kim is like making a decision, she's doing everything. So that was the first thing I was like, oh, this is very interesting. What did you think of Florida Kim? I think Florida Kim is afraid of herself. You know, I think based on everything that happened before, she's like, when I'm, I'm good at making decisions, but I let myself go too far. And when I make decisions, people get hurt so much that now she's running on so much autopilot that she's not in control of anything and doesn't even want to be in control. Like she just looks happy to be living a life that's meh. Mm-hmm. And then the one big decision she has to make in the episode, um, or at least in the earlier half, is whether or not to take Saul's call because she immediately knows who Victor is, right? Yeah. And she decides to take that call. She feels what she thought she'd feel and more. But then it suddenly, you know, makes her have a bit of a reckoning, which I think is is interesting. It's it's sort of cool to see that like a switch can be flipped just like that, and she becomes Kim Wexler, attorney at law again. Mm-hmm. You know, she her face was different when she went back to New Mexico. Everything had changed. I was even expecting to see that district attorney lady. I wasn't expecting to see a bald guy because he's on the other side now. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, like, it was, it was interesting to see that. I did not necessarily expect her to go to Howard's wife. That when was I saw, interesting. When I saw Cheryl, I was like, oh. Kim, yeah, exactly. Kim, what are you about exactly. to do? And she wrote, she wrote the entire thing in an affidavit. She didn't just come to talk. Like she submitted it to the law first. I mean, it's like, she came like to you tell said, her as a courtesy. Yeah, it's like you said, Kim Wexler, Tony at law. Like that was probably the first time she got to have some kind of like professional pride in terms of law for a very yeah. long time. And like, let's not let's not put down Florida Kim too much though, because. Yeah, she was on autopilot, but you could still see Doc Review Kim doing those, doing those notes. She was doing her job. Yeah. She was going when to the site, like going to the factory. I was like, oh, okay. Even the creativity of like using Miracle Whip, which Miracle Whip is one of those, those things they sell in America that you're just like, what actually is this? Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, something I, I, guess I have I no idea it. about. <laughs> maybe I should eat it. Maybe I shouldn't. But hey, it actually tastes okay. So I does it like taste was, like mayo? Kind of funny. Like is it like it's salad kind of, cream? Like what, what is it? I'm the kind of guy to avoid potato salad, honestly. But she, like, really in Florida. Like, Wait, I'm sorry. Can we first of all <laughs> potato salad in Florida? I feel like in two hours it's bad. It's like you cannot eat that. Like, what was going on there? That's such a bad. I, idea. I think it depends on where you are, but it is like a popular like gathering dish. I'm just not a fan of the taste, but I know people love it. Um, I think Miracle Miracle Whip has basically the same texture. It's going to be like a little bit sweeter than mayonnaise. A little. Mm less steak probably um but i i think it is it's just a substitute like it does the same thing i like how florida kim is actually a little bit happy you know there's there's a thing to be said for like you know people who are content living a quiet life you know they want to not necessarily be the richest they don't want to be the quote-unquote most successful they just want to have everything they need and move on she has her own house it's not as if she's married to that guy you know mm-hmm. he comes and goes mm-hmm. she's all right with having him there when he's there she has friends at work she's singing happy birthday even if she's singing it like a drone she's singing it right and you know she has a little bit of a community i think these days the world kind of teaches us to you know want more like all those like entrepreneur people on, on Instagram <laughs> that are telling you I don't know yeah you know you have to jump on this yeah <laughs> yeah but she's she's kind of like I mean granted this is before the time of those guys but those guys existed in some form back then too so I'm just glad that she's content so the yeah. fact that she chooses to break that contentment shows that like 
she's still willing to reckon. And that's, you know, I've said it many times here that like Saul is, well, Jimmy, Saul and Jimmy are different people. So like mm-hmm. in this case, I'm talking about Jimmy. Jimmy is different from Kim in the sense that his response is to run and to not confront. Yeah. Whereas Kim's response usually is to have a bit of a reckoning. Like she'll, she'll confront what's going on. She'll make some type of decision. Even if that decision is to run, at the very least, it will be as a result of making that confrontation with herself and with the situation. When Jimmy runs, it's because he's running from the decision to be made in the first place. Yeah, I mean, right? she's made of... And things end up having to catch up with him. Yeah, she's made of sterner stuff, isn't she? Um, she definitely is. Yeah. I, she can even keep... The fact that she can keep her name <laughs> in the future... That was, that was very interesting to me. But I guess I was thinking about yeah. her, like, she's scot-free. She, there's no, like, yeah, she, crime she, there's against There's nothing her. on her. So I agree with you, but I also disagree so, um, regarding Kim. Because I think, yeah, I think she's content. But I don't think... I don't think Kim Wexler would be content with that life. I think she's made herself content. Like she's forced herself to be, it's almost like she's punishing herself. Like, okay, this is what you're going to be happy with. I don't think the Kim Wexler that we met in Better Call Saul prior to this season, like prior to everything that happened with Howard, would never have been happy with the life she has in Florida. Yeah, of course. Because she's, like I I said, she's afraid of herself. And I agree with you. It is some type of punishment. She's like, this is what I deserve now. Yeah. This is the best thing for me now. So, yeah, exactly, yeah. Even if it's less about punishing herself on some level, it's more about protecting people from her tendencies. And she knows that she won't have tendencies if she's as far away from Jimmy McGill as possible. Which, so the first fair, step was what, to distance herself from him. Yeah. yeah, which to be fair is kind of what Jimmy was, well, rather Gene was doing a few a few weeks before, before mm-hmm. he was spotted by the, the cabbie. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, we'll get to, we'll get to Jeff, but yeah, no, I do I do like this idea of like her kind of being in kind of self penance, and then when that conversation, that dreaded phone call with with Gene, he kind of goads her, but also kind of like I don't know, calls out on her bullshit or whatever. It's like, okay, well, if you have such a guilty conscience, why don't you go confess? Why are you telling me to confess or whatever? And then she he shouldn't have done that. She does it. Like, <laughs> she goes all that. Time, like <laughs> as she does the ultimate penance, and. Look, Ray Sion got her first Emmy nomination for Peter Corso, right? Six years too late for the first half. Right. I I don't see a world in which she doesn't get nominated for the second half again. So hopefully two nominations. Mm-hmm. And I think, I know this definitely played a part into their release schedule, whatever. And I think hopefully it works out because Emmy voting is happening right now and people are watching this happen. So hopefully it works for both her and Bob because Bob too needs to, I, I don't understand how. Peter Corso has never won yeah. an Emmy. N- not one. And that's so crazy, isn't it? They gave so many to Breaking Bad. But at this episode, she just kept on having great scene after great scene. Like, it starts with that phone call. I'm like, oh, this is just incredible from Ray and But we already know she does incredible stuff. Then the thing with Cheryl, I'm like, oh my God. Then the boss scene, which I was just like, the, the boss scene, we just stay on her face for like maybe four minutes. Just yeah, like the, I'm just like, oh. the bus, I was just, I was literally saying out loud, oh God. Oh God! Like, and then eventually she says, "Oh God!" and starts talking. And I'm I like, like "What she, is going on?" The way she breaks down. Like the first time I watched it, I was actually more focused on the direction of that scene. Mm-hmm. You're just like, "Oh, this Vince Gilligan's camera is not leaving this spot. He's just yeah. going to stay on this." On the, I was thinking this about that face. too. That was a good choice. And then this, yeah, obviously, yeah, because you get to watch her, which obviously helps her perform. You get to watch her break down, like literally in real time. Second time I watched, I was like, "Oh, you can see her like trying to stop herself." She's wiping a tear. She's doing that thing because she doesn't want to cry in public. And then 
it just floods. And I've seen some people refer to it as like the crying that she should have done for the last six years on, on of the mm-hmm. show. Like six seasons worth of crying. She never cried after Howard died. Like she didn't do it. Like she, she screamed all that. But like this is just She's actually currently processing. Now. Yeah. She can't control it. There is no... There is no next... This is going straight to the airport. There's no next stop to, to get off and cry everything. She's going to cry like that all the way to the airport. So it's just... Yeah. yeah it's a, and then she obviously has that kind of coda of a scene with... Well, I mean, before that, there's the scene in, in Saul's office, which we'll get to Saul, trust me. We'll, get, we'll talk about all three of them, Saul, Jimmy, Jean, trust me. Um, but there's that whole thing where I think she's probably seen Saul's office for the first time, right? Last time she, she was in there was probably mm-hmm. when when they won the case against Howard and they were, they were having sex on the, yeah. that couch. That was last time she was in that and office. It, and it looked like, you know, a, an office. A less tacky. <laughs> yeah. And now it looks like a clown show. So, like, she's seen all that. She's seen him with his more colorful suits. He's wearing his, his feet up on the table. He has his socks and everything. She's like, yeah, this is this is not like, who I know. Exactly. And then she sees um, Jesse Pinkman at the end, which is, again, another cameo I just loved. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't uh, expect to see him there. But once I saw him in distance, like, even if you doubted who he was, once you heard the hey, yo. <laughs> yeah. I like, hey, yo, can I bum one of those? I think oh, nice. um, we're seeing... The character. I, yeah, I think we're seeing Walt next week. That would be good. Because Brian, Brian Cranston had said that there were three scenes with them. There was one scene with Walt, one scene with Jesse, and one scene with both of them, right? But after mm-hmm. last week's episode, I thought maybe they had cut... Maybe they ended up cutting those two singular scenes. But now that Jesse has appeared in this yeah. one, I'm assuming Walt will appear with Saul next week. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I mean, and, and then what does she say at the end? She was like, he asked her, is, is this guy good? Are you a good lawyer? And she's like, yeah, he, he was good he when, was I, when, when I, I knew, knew him, him, right? And good response. And yeah, like, I mean, do you think we're going to see Kim again next week? Just like, do you have any idea? I think it's possible, yeah, because just because everything is wrapping up now, I don't. Because if we don't, then the last time we see her will be like with the, um, will be the crying on the bus. At least the last time chronologically that we would see what has happened to her. So I mean, I think they might want to let us know if she does, if they do bring up um, charges and if they pursue it, if the district attorney um, files anything. Because now they might, since a certain someone just couldn't leave well enough alone, and they might actually come looking for him now. So. Yeah, but if like they have no something matter, to have to get him on, then they could get both of them on everything. Especially or no, if, because if, she was um, Howard's wife decides to sue. Yeah, she can sue in civil court, but like Kim was way out of Saul's life before he got involved into like the cartel. Yeah, yeah, so no, she 100%, can't be involved 100%, in any of that. Hundred percent. But like, if they then add what happened with um with Howard, then it could be a bunch of things because they would technically be accessories to murder. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even though they don't know where the body is on that duress, so they, they could argue. I mean, they could argue for duress, but um, Housewife could still sue in civil courts, which would be oh yeah, definitely uh, at least for Kim, which could be a bunch of different things. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's just a lot, but I think we might see her again. It's just one more episode, so I don't. I actually have no idea either way. But like, obviously, I would obviously love to see more race But I think if this is the last we see of her, I think everything worked. I think seeing her crying on the bus as the last time we ever see her is actually a good thing and a, or not a good thing but a good and actually before we go to Jean let me, let me let's use her a bit because I've kind of thrown this out a few times during our last few episodes and we'll talk about it more next week when we know how this story wraps up but it's like is the Breaking Bad verse so Breaking Bad universe stance on morality right like wh- how do they yes reward mor- morality what do they think is moral and I think we'll definitely discuss it next week when we know what happens with Gene and probably what happens with, with Kim. But I think this episode, 
um, if especially if it's especially if it's in um, Kim's last episode, it paints her as she was bad, but she was nowhere as bad as what these guys got up to in Breaking Bad. I say so. Yeah, right. She's not a saint, and she probably deserves some kind of punishment, whether it's legal or not. But in a way, like she gets this opportunity to live a fairly normal, very mundane, especially boring life, which is free from the law. So to some people, that could be a getaway or it could be a bit of... It is not even... It could be... It's definitely a bit of punishment in in itself, right? But... And she has to live with the knowledge of pain of people she hurt and the lives that got lost. And eventually mulling over everything exactly. she's ever done. And now that is... That's better than what Walter White got. Better than what Saul will most likely get. Better than even Mike mm-hmm. and Jesse, who were probably the... Like kind of the... I think Jesse... Um, Mike, it was Jesse uh, was like the heart of the show, and Mike mm-hmm. had like a moral code. Yeah, and then so, and then obviously you could put, include Nacho with that. I I think Nat, um, Mike was a lot more proactive than perhaps Jesse and, and Nacho in terms of just like their involvement in in the whole business and everything. But you have Jesse who kind of got away, right? I don't know El Camino. He he suffers. He trust me. He, you haven't watched El Camino, but he suffers. Jesse Plemons puts him through three ringers on that, in, that, in that movie, right? So we know that he suffered when he yeah. was um, a slave to the to the racist, but he does get to live a life, it's whatever a life could mm-hmm. be, right? He does get to live a life in Alaska as, as opposed to obviously Walter dying or Mike dying and everything. And I think the show is like, look, we don't want to like let Kim get off scot-free because she's not a good person. Back to what I said last week about the fans maybe not understanding that Walter White was the villain. <laughs> like, like this show is like Saul is terrible, but also Kim is kind of bad. And what does that? What is the equivalent? What is the what is the equivalent punishment for someone that is kind of bad? And I think kind of bad, yeah. I think what we've got might be it. I mean, we'll talk about it next week, depending on what happens in the next episode. But yeah, what, what what I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about like the what the Breaking Bad universe says about morality and how it punishes morality before, obviously, based on what we have so far? I think it likes to show us that actions have consequences. Mm-hmm. And it's just all these little details, you know. You know these people love their details and you know we love to watch them love their details. And just it, it reflects in just the very fiber of the show. From the way they like to show us how things became what they what they are gradually. Like they like to reward that patience. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of like to put that in the narratives as well. Like everything sort of has this sense of if you keep following this path, it's going to lead somewhere. And you have to be okay with where it leads because you're the one choosing to follow it, right? Mm-hmm. We as an audience, it's almost asking the same thing of us because we've been invested in these people. We were enjoying when they were misbehaving. <laughs> and and now, now, now the chickens have come home to roost and everybody's depressed. It's like, well, and they're like, well, yeah, you know, this is what you asked for. And yeah. honestly, in, in that, like in that line of thinking, Especially looking through the eyes of, or through the lens of, of, of Gene, this episode is very Ozymandias to me. Like, it's really giving Ozymandias vibes because, what way? you know, you had, like, in Gene's case, he had everything, mm-hmm. or at least he had managed to get away fairly seamlessly, right? And then after that call with Kim, he just decides to start wiling out. And I don't know if, he does that because he's like, well, she's probably going to turn herself in. Maybe what I deserve is to just mess up anyway. Or maybe he thought, well, 
you know, I, there's no point in me living in squalor because like, what am I living for at this point? That type of thing. It could be any of, of the above, honestly. But I remember when, when, when he was at the house of the guy with cancer, right? And he could have gone, but he decides not to go. He goes upstairs. He starts smoking a cigar. He starts like looking through his stuff, drinking. And that's the reason all that stuff goes down. Because I remember when I was looking at the like the police car, and in my head I was like, I know these guys don't care about this taxi in front of them. I know for a fact they yeah, I give up their fish tucker. <laughs> but but honestly, but Jeff is such an amateur, right? Like he decides to go and then he forgets that snow is slippery and then he just rear ends somebody and it's, okay. I didn't expect it to go down that chaotically. So but I have a question. The way everything comes crashing down is so Ozymandias. I have a question for you. Um based off what you've just said, I think I know where you fall on this, but so do you believe that what happens with Jeff and the police kind of thing was an error? Like he actually like fucked up? Okay, you're asking whether this is Jeff messing up or Jeff trying to get Saul caught? So I read, no, no, no. So I read a review that described what happened as Jeff's, sorry, Jeff selflessly getting the attention of the police so that Saul could get away. Oh, 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 yeah. I... So at first I thought he messed up. Then the more I thought about it, um, I felt like, you know, he he felt like maybe he had to do that just so he just so he could go. Mm-hmm. But honestly, there are other ways to get at the attention of the police. In my mind, that house also had other doors. <laughs> like literally, why did he just walk into the cab? Like, like I ordered the cab. Like, yeah, he could have been the one who ordered the cab and gone inside. Like, I feel like he didn't have to do all of that, especially since he. He kind of got injured. <laughs> like, he had to crawl out of that wreckage. Yeah, so, I'm choosing to believe that Jeff was stupid and messed up until the show proves me wrong. I'm, that's what I'm choosing to believe because that just, like, that's yeah. what that was just, again, directly just brilliant. Just part that we saw from behind. Just The best part was the look on the policemen's, like, faces. They were like, oh. When they're like, oh, my God. And then, like, like one of them, we, like... We can't catch a break. <laughs> one of them licks his fingers. They don't want... It's just like, okay, what what idiot do we have to deal with right now? It, it, was, it was incredible. I loved it so much. Because um, they're like, why? Honestly, why? Like, this, there's no explanation for this from their point of view. Why would this happen? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my biggest take from watching... Jeff Strook, Soul Strook, Gene, this episode. And I like to, I want to obviously hear your thoughts about it. Is And I don't want to glorify Jimmy, Jimmy McGill, because he was also kind of a bad person. He, like, we know what he did to Howard and everything. But So I don't want to make him holier than, than thou. But I almost felt like he was trying to fight from within Saul and Gene to get them caught. Like, it almost felt like it was the, the Jimmy in, inside them was like almost trying to fight to come out to the surface, right? I mean, I think going back into the house is almost like Gene is asking to be caught. Like, he's almost like, okay, it's almost his, yeah. his version of Kim going back to Albuquerque, right? He's always like, okay, I'm not going to make it easy for you and write my confession, but like, I'm going to make it easy for you to catch me, if that makes sense. And it's, uh, so so it was, I, I could just see this kind of fighting between like maybe Jimmy on one side and Saul and Gene on the other side. And actually, before we even get to that, so... A friend of mine reached out last week. He messaged me last week. Shout out to Matt, if he's listening. And he was like, obviously last week was kind of the biggest um, flashback to Saul time. He was like, oh, how he always hated Saul, like even in Breaking Bad time. But he loves Jimmy. Uh Yeah. And obviously that's because we've spent five years watching Jimmy. And Jimmy came from being like a nothing to like a sympathetic character, whatever. We never really hated him. But then watching it, I was like, every Saul scene is just repugnant. 
And I didn't realize how disgusting he was <laughs> while watching Breaking Bad. I don't know if it's because Walt was there and Walt was worse and Tuco was worse. And uh, was like, I'm just like... He was, comic re- he was comic relief in comparison to all those guys. I was like, oh my God, you are a terrible person. Like, I'm even forgetting the things like... He's just choosing to be sleazy. Yeah, forgetting the sleazy jokes about how his acupuncturist fixes everything. Let's, for- let's even forget that. It's just like the way he talks to Kim... You're like, that is not Jimmy. I know that's not Jimmy. That's like, you're putting on the front. You're putting on the soul act. And I was like, oh. Yeah, which is why she said that's not the guy I used to know. That's just not the guy she knew. And I think, again, like they said, like they promised us to change how we watch Breaking Bad, right? It's not just a comic relief lawyer. It's a guy who's just really disgusting, but putting on that disgusting act. That's not who he really is, right? It's, I was like, oh, this is... I don't like this. I need Kim to leave this room. I don't um, like her being in this room right now. It's too much. Um, or maybe, or maybe like Walt. It kind of is who he, who he is. Like just deep down. But that's the thing, though. I thought about what you said regarding, you know, Jimmy kind of fighting from within mm-hmm. to ensure that he gets caught, and that's very deep. I can, I can kind of understand that. But the one issue I have with that is Jimmy himself was never one for confession either. Like, he also was always trying to take the easy way out. In a sense, Saul is like Jimmy dialed to 12. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Gene is essentially Jimmy with his tail tucked between his legs after having been Saul. So, in a sense, these guys are all some version of Jimmy, but they're all Jimmy coping through something else. You can say that Saul is Jimmy coping through having lost Kim, who was like the last thing keeping him from being fully sore. Like clearly she was the last vestige of humanity. And I don't know why he's so angry with her. Is it because she left or is it partly because she didn't tell him about Lalo? Mm -hmm. But is that really enough to completely break that relationship? I wonder what his thought process is there. Oh, I think he needed to break that relationship to to cope. He couldn't... He yeah. hasn't processed that obviously. Yeah, he couldn't process the coping mechanism. Yeah, he couldn't process the breakup as Jimmy. So he just became Saul and he became Saul completely. But and I don't want, like I said, I don't want to clarify Jimmy, but I just feel like because we spend so much time with Jimmy, you have to believe that Jimmy You know he's capable of better. Yeah, you have to believe that Jimmy yeah. wasn't like Saul wasn't in Jimmy. Jimmy mm-hmm. became Saul. Like, like Heisenberg was yeah. in Walter White. Right. He yeah, was always 100%. in Walter White. Even the way he spoke to his like his gray matter partners, you like that he was always that was always there, right? But like yeah. just like Jimmy created a character. But I think my biggest example or rather reference for that whole Jimmy trying to fight from from underneath is that final scene with Carol Burnett, which Carol Burnett's Marion, which we can talk about now. I mean, we we knew like I mean, that laptop was always gonna. <laughs> I, I was just I was just thinking about that the laptop, her waking up at night and seeing them. Even right at the end when he's like, final warning. Like right before we started this recording, I was thinking about how he said final warning. And I, I was just like, what was he Yeah, you're do? like, is he <laughs> like, going to... That was, it was really giving Heisenberg vibes, you know? That's, that's, that's one of the things that made me feel like this was an Ozymandias thing. Because bro, look at what you've become. And then he realizes that. And then he kind of allows her to turn him in. So to me, that's the Jimmy in. Like, because she, she says, well, I trusted you. And I I, I, yeah. I was clawing. I think I feel like that's clawing at the whole... the. It the, breaks um, his facade for just a moment. Yeah, the sincerity, almost pop, almost, almost like puppy doggishness of like Jimmy wanting yeah. to be liked and wanting to be trusted, and then that breaks him down. Uh, what, so it's like 
that's why I'm thinking it's like Jimmy, like because I don't think and Jeff is I don't think he ever him. thought about killing her. Yeah, I think he always wanted to tire. Even her though up. he was holding, he was the way yeah. yes, the way he held it up was very threatening. He was trying to strangle her. Yeah, but even at that, even when he grabs the life alert button or whatever, she has, like he's hold that's her neck. Because I was thinking, even if he pulls that, like if he pulls that off her neck, like. That is going to really hurt her. She's an old woman. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah like, whichever rough. way he's threatening physical violence on this woman, even just to tie her up, this old woman, I'm just like, even the moment he pulls the thing off, off from the wall, that is not, we've not seen that. That's not Jimmy. That's not Saul. That's like, if maybe we can argue that Gene is the worst of all of them. So, like, it's, that's like. I think Gene, Gene, is, Gene is, if he's the worst, it's in a dormant way. He's kind of like, like I said, he has this, tail tucked between his legs he's trying but do you to you still think he still has his tail cope, he's hiding I think, I think after that phone call he doesn't have the tail tucked under his legs anymore maybe the tail has been cut now but yeah. i think i think sort of he's he's kind of been unleashed in a sense it's like now he it's, it's like when you corner an animal right and then he mm-hmm. realizes there's nowhere else to go and there's nothing left to lose it lashes out right mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. literally how feral animals deal so maybe that tail isn't tucked there anymore and gene is essentially you know, Gene is Jimmy who has gone through being Saul and learned from Walter. Exactly. So yeah, I think yeah. one of the one one of the ways that they said we'd see Breaking Bad differently is I feel like now if we watch Jimmy, um, I guess if we watch Saul interacting with Walter, we're not gonna see things a little bit differently because we'll see things that he might be picking up from him because just that look, like even with the glasses and the mustache and just everything. And the way he was talking to her, I was like, wow, this, you could literally bring Brian Cranston and substitutes and then mm-hmm. he would feel very similar. Yeah. Um, but he's on the run now. He's on the run now. Um, next week's episode. Now he, they know where to, they knew where to look for him. They know where to look. Well, I mean, so hopefully sad. he can, well, not hopefully. Isn't this another thing? So I realized how out I was on Gene because the mm-hmm. moment he goes back into the house, I didn't care. I wasn't even like, get out, get out. Like, you're wasting too much time. Normally, when that happens, I'm like, what are you doing? Get out. You're, you're tempting fate. I was just like, I hope they catch you. <laughs> I was like, wow. I was like, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> like, I, wow. I, I don't know how, I don't know, man. These writers are, and actors are just so good. How have they, five weeks ago, people were, people were like, yeah, the final episode will be Gene finding Kim in Nebraska and then they will live their life. That's what people wanted. That's what people expected. They didn't know what show they are watching. No, but I, I don't even I don't even mean that to like this there. I just mean like that's where people's mindsets were. Like people liked this character. Don't like, but no, yeah, I don't, like I don't want Gene to be, I don't want Gene to be happy ending now. Why would I want that? And that's that's more evidence of the whole Ozymandias thing I'm talking about. Because by by the time we reach that point, I don't think anybody really wanted Walter to be okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one would argue that they should have had that feeling from season four, but that's a different that's a different thing. Yeah, that's a whole new thing. Or even season three, when he tried to poison the child. I think that was like season. It was like season four, maybe. When did when did Jane die? Three or three, right? Or was it four? Season three or four? Season that was season three. I so yeah. So from three. from then, we should already yeah. be like anti Walter. Um. Yeah. No. I mean. Oh my goodness. I'm interested to see what happens next. I I think we discussed it. Was it was it last week that we were like, yeah, this show is firmly not giving us a happy ending for for Jane. I think that's just been, um, what they call it, emphasized this week. So I'm um, yeah I'm trying to see what, what goes on if we do see Kim again. Surprisingly though, I hadn't brought this up for the last few because I, I just felt like it it wouldn't be. But now it's looking like we've seen the last of Gus. 
Probably, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's a great scene for it to be his final scene in the Gilligan verse. It's the scene with the with Diamond Sommelier. And mm-hmm. obviously, I mean, I guess Mike is someone we can see again, but it's possible that we've seen lots of him as well. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for the finale. It's it's going to be the finale of... This this episode, I think you and I were talking about it just before we finish. Like, like I'm excited for the finale as like from a f- television point of view and everything, but I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not jumping excited because I'm not, I don't know, I don't know the right, I'm not enthused maybe, like that's the word. I don't have enthusiasm because like it's just so dark and I don't understand how it's happened in the last four. Like the episode after Howard died, I was still excited. The episode after like dark things were happening, I was still excited, but now I'm just like, oh, this is painful. This is so depressing. Because all we have left is crumbs. Like we just, we literally have the vestiges of what used to be like humans humans that we cared about now we now we don't even we don't know these people anymore and i think that's what the writers are trying to teach us like yeah. the first thing that 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 gene has to be now is somebody who is living so heavily on defense and that's why it really bugged us when he went on offense again mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. he's like oh what did you get my son into nothing he didn't ask for well mm-hmm. uh, is that the whole truth mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so i don't know yeah um yeah i mean you're right i think now now i see why like peter gould was like we do make some choices that, that our fans might not like which i mean w- i'm loving it i think you and you're also loving these last three episodes 100%. but it's it's a turn it's a dark turn and like it's possible i i feel like a lot of better course of fans at this point like we're all on board like we're on board whatever this show is going to give us right so but i can see how s- some fans might be like oh what is this? this is not the show i wanted to watch jimmy and kim forever but, or whatever but i don't know but people people who react like that are always a little bit like interesting to me because you're being you're being given a story here like mm-hmm. there are people who are telling the story you can't just be like oh that's not what i thought would happen screw you like that's that's not what this person would do it's like well i mean you're not in charge of this situation it's like people who are like oh if like after I'm, I, I I distinctly remember after the red wedding, right? <laughs> after the red wedding, people were so upset, right? They were like, "Oh, I'm never watching again." They all came back first of all, <laughs> but they were like, "I'm never watching again." And then they were like, "If they ever do anything to Daenerys, I'm never ever ever watching this show again." Those same people are like, "Kill her five seasons later." Come on now, let let let's be real here. You're not in charge of this situation. You need to accept that. Jean is not in charge of is uh, he's not even in control of the situation anymore. Kim is not in control. Nobody's in control. The Gilligan verse people are in control and we are at their mercy. So just yeah. watch the final mm-hmm. episode in peace. <laughs> I mean, <that's, laughs> and enjoy what has been given to you. Always judge you on, on what it is. I just love how you're able to connect everything, either by either it's bad writing or fan perception or whatever, back to Game of Thrones. I can't wait to he- hear you talk about <laughs> House of the Dragon. Um That would be interesting, so, yeah. So a few Easter eggs. So obviously in Nippy. The first black and white gene episode, we got the Schnauz Farms. Was nippy, was there? No, there wasn't. The Schnauz <laughs> Farms um, cheese. Obviously, a shout out to Thomas Schnauz, who is writer, director, yeah. producer on the show. Um, mm-hmm. Last week we got and Cherkis. Rather, we got Cherkis. It was on like one of the Kevin Sussman's characters. Like, no, it wasn't his character. I think it was the other character. The first, the first guy that he, that is Kant. One of his like banking investment was called like Cherkis Investment or whatever. That's obviously. A shout out to Ancherkis, who um, writes and di- no writes and produces the show. Now, mm-hmm. what I didn't notice, I said on Twitter, was like Kevin Sussman's character has in mm-hmm. this episode exactly seven hundred thirty-seven thousand six hundred twelve dollars 
and 62 cents. Mm-hmm. Now, 737,000 is the exact amount Walter said he needed at the start of Breaking Bad. And they're giving it to another guy who has cancer. Another cancer. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that is wild. What is and, these guys, man? 602 is for season six, episode 12. Mm-hmm. And then 62, mm-hmm. 62 cents is the six, six second episode. This is the six, six, this is the six episode. Why can't I get that word out? That's weird. Sixty second episode. You need to drink your water. Yeah. And slow down. This is the sixty second. I can't say sixty second. This is this is so. What is going on? Well, you just did. Yeah. You just accepted. That. I'm not going to try it again because I will to get it out. Anyway, um, speaking of speaking of that number six and two, this is like the Breaking Bad and Pentecostal on the same level now because they both did sixty two. So obviously next week, which means Vince Gilligan directed the. Say it, say it for me. The 62nd... It was the 62nd episode. episode of Breaking Bad and the 62nd episode of Second Better episode Call Saul. Of Better Call Saul, yes. I didn't think that would be the word that would, that would trip me up this podcast. Anyways, but yeah, so next week, Saul <laughs> goes ahead of Breaking Bad with its finale. Yep, yep. Do you have any preview thoughts, anything going forward before we talk about it next week? I'm wondering if it's going to be a situation of hiding or if it's going to be like an and media res situation where we see Saul on the run and we pick up with high energy in black and white, <laughs> like some type of film noir. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, th- I, I think we'll see some kind of consequence. The oh, question yeah. is wh- yeah. whether he'll be arraigned or not. I mean, now that his name has been said and it's clear, like he starts by saying, you know, to, to Marion, this, this, that, you think that's me, it's not me. Then it, from was, there it goes to, okay, let's talk about this. Yeah. You shouldn't have started with, that's not me. That was so right? dumb, I'm sorry. Because honestly, the fact that it's you doesn't necessarily make you a criminal in this situation. You could have been like, yeah, that's me. I just wanted a new life. Yeah. All she was seeing was his ads. And I was even wondering, why does con man bring him up? Jimmy, like, slipping Jimmy was a con man. So Goodman was an attorney. So, so I was thinking about that people as well. really see him as a con man? Like, yeah, but I guess... Was, he didn't, didn't technically con anybody over there. Like, he he just represented bad people. But I guess this is post-breaking bad. This is post, like, Gustavo Fring, Walter White. So maybe they, like, kind of put him in that. He's not a drug dealer. Is he a con man? Yeah. I don't know. Um, well, anyway, it's, yeah. I just think that that's interesting. Just let, that go. Just she, let it go. Let it go. Yeah. Um, it, it's wild. I think that, like, because of everything we've seen here, you know, he's going to kind of get into defense mode again. I don't know if he's going to be lashing out. I don't know if he's going to be trying to hide. I don't know if he's trying to reach, if he's going to try and reach out to Kim again, you know, and we also don't know who will come for him exactly. Like, will it be FBI? Will it be DEA? Will it be the local police because of Jeff? Like, basically, everybody, everybody's looking for him. Yeah. So are we, because I am, are we taking off death of the table? I, well, it would be very symmetrical to Breaking Bad if they made him die. Looking like water. I don't think he does. Um, so I don't think he, I. I hope it's not death. I'm not sure what it will be, but I'm leaning towards no death, but yes, punishment. Oh, I think, like I said, there, this is not a good. There's going to be a punishment. This is not a good story. This is not a good ending. Yeah. Like, but I, I yeah. don't think it's death. I don't think it's death. I think yeah, it's I'm leaning towards consequences without death. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Me too. Okay, so you guys, this is the consequences without death podcast. Um. <laughs> <laughs> basically <laughs> everything we talk about is consequences without death uh yeah anyway look next week we'll talk about the series finale the universe finale i don't think they're gonna do enough spin-off or whatever i'm pretty sure this is it um mm-hmm. but yeah anyway thank you thank you for this run 
Then maybe after that, we can start preparing what we're going to do with House of the Dragon. We go from talking yeah. about genes to talking about dragons. That's going to be very interesting. Get to a podcast that can do both. Right. Anyways, uh, anyway, thank you very much for this, for coming back. Thank and you then, for having me. And I will talk to you next week on the finale. If you're still listening, thank you very much for listening. Please share this podcast episode with anyone that you know that watches Better Call Saul. Um, share this podcast with anyone that you know that watches TV. But like, over the next few weeks, we're going to be covering it. quite a bunch of popular shows. So I hope you guys check that out. Um, but for now, it's yep, a yep. massive thank you to Ibu Bay. It's thank you to my regular host, Jibs, Shinedu Ibuka. Um, thank you to everyone that is listening. And yeah, we'll be back next week talking about Seoul, talking about industry, talking about House of Dragon in a few weeks. But for now, join me next week when I'll be joined by Daniel Kaluuya. Bye, guys.